Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word today. As you've spoken over us prophetically, you've declared that your word in our mouths has the authority and power to bring heaven, to bring peace, to bring joy, to settle our disputes and wars within our own thinking and mind. So God, settle issues today in our hearts of everyone sitting here. May we find ourselves, Lord God, getting the counsel and wisdom of your word that will settle things in our soul as they are established in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're in a series on Reformation, what it means to be reformed. In the last couple weeks, we looked at the fivefold ministry. This morning, I want to bring a message to you that I believe is prophetic and timely. Uh, The purpose of the fivefold is that the church would grow into its full stature. And the reason we need to grow into the full stature in these last days is because it's going to take the full stature of the body of Christ to minister as we are preparing to go to war. The enemy is going to move with all that it has in increase and might to deceive the minds of those who are lost. Therefore, the church has to rise up and get ready for this fight. Christianity is not about me getting what I need. Christianity is about bringing the kingdom to earth for the sake of the lost getting saved. Amen? Amen. And bringing healing and restoration into people's lives. We've got to get serious about this. And so we need to prepare for war. And so in doing that, let me bring you to the passage of Scripture that we've been studying, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that says, God gave gifts unto men. He gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That work of ministry is to be the body of Christ, to grow to the full stature of Christ. So as you turn to Ephesians 4, 11, Let me also have you read the point of why the fivefold was given. It's so that we will uh, all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, let's break that down. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. You know, and as I was meditating upon this, I was considering what this means, these two points, unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So my typical reasoning and thinking is unity of the faith, oh, the Catholics and the Baptists and the Methodists and the Pentecostals will all come together in a single mind. And that's not what I think is really going on here. The unity of the faith, I mean, if we stay focused and central on what he has given and what this passage is for, the unity of the faith is coming to a knowledge of the purpose of the fivefold ministry. That if the body of Christ, whatever little group you decide to attend and, and find in your, in your path, whether it's Methodist, Baptist, whatever, uh, uh, the denominations, some, some are closer to the Word of God, some are falling away from the Word of God, But the key here is not the unity of all denominations. The key here is the unity of the believers, whoever they are, are coming to a unity of the fivefold ministry. A unity understanding that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers are the characters of the Lord Jesus himself. It's the quality of Jesus. And if we would come to the unity of Jesus, the knowledge of Jesus, the full knowledge of Jesus in that fivefold measure, we will come forth 
with the full stature of his maturity and, man, and, and uh, manhood. Do you understand that? So what we have to come to a knowledge of is the fullness of Jesus himself. And if we ignore what an apostle is, if we ignore what a prophet is, we're ignoring the very character and ministry of Jesus himself. And so we have got to come to a fullness of the unity of the faith, recognizing that you, among you, are those moving in apostolic. Among you are those moving in prophetic. Among you are those moving in evangelistic. And if we would work together in a full knowledge of Jesus, are you getting this? In the full knowledge of Jesus, then we've got a mature stature of Christ in the earth. That's what he's talking about. And we need that. It's like Jesus giving us a five-fold weaponry and we only choose to use three of them or two of them. And if we only choose to use two of them, we're not using the full stature of Christ that's been given unto us. So that we may no longer, and here's the reason why, and boy, is this a word today, so that we would no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. In other words, the enemy's getting the best of us. We're like little kids. We like being children of God. We just sang it. <laughs> I am a child of God. But how many of you know you look forward to your children growing up and moving out of your basement? Get your own place. <laughs> Think for yourself and begin to produce as an adult. I wonder how long the Holy Spirit's just going to, you know, come on. Let's go, people of God. I've taught you how to defeat this mountain before. You've been around it long enough. Taught you how to overcome the sin issue. Come on, people. And so... This is what he wants us to attain to. That full knowledge of that fivefold, the full stature of, of Christ. So that as we attain to the unity of the fivefold ministry, the unity of the identity of Jesus among us, we will begin to grow up. And when we get pushed, the devil will be sorry he picked a fight with us. Amen? I don't want to be bullied anymore. By the enemy so when he tries to toss me around I'm gonna stand when he tries to push me I'm gonna look at him and say you wish you should have never done that and so God wants to awaken to the full stature his presence in the earth he gave it in a five-fold measure and the church needs to come to the knowledge of that and unify that five-fold purpose to accomplish what he wants to do that's what we're trying to accomplish today and so let's take a look at what this means as we look at it. Now, we see the winds of doctrine attacking the church. How many of you realize in the news just in Florida this week, you know, the Hurricane Michael that came in and just devastated a, a portion of, of a community? Did, have you seen that on the news? Well, when we look at this word, it says that no longer being tossed to and fro, that's a violent tossing. Uh, when you look at the word structure of what he means by waves, by, so being tossed to and fro by different waves and carried along, literally picked up and redistributed somewhere else. That's what the enemy's doing to the church. Knocking us about, 
and picking us up from what we're supposed to be doing and tossing us aside. And he's doing it in three ways. The first one is a wind of doctrine. And I, I look up this word for wind, and it's a torrent. It's not just a breeze. Doctrines that are literally coming in like hurricanes, coming in like tornadoes, and wreaking havoc. And these are not just doctrines or false doctrines in the church. These are doctrines by which the world is run by. There's going to come a unifying doctrine, a unifying precept that is going to capture the world in its concept it's going to be a strong delusion among all people that they're going to begin believing these doctrines or ideologies we've seen them in measures coming before we've seen them in marxism we've seen them in socialism we've seen them even in capitalism i'm going to put a warning out here and this is going to offend some of you, but some of you are so nationalistic that you think being a, a, a democracy in the United States is somehow equal to biblical mandates. And you've got to watch that, folks. All right? You've got to watch. Being American doesn't mean you're a Christian. All right? And all things American are not sanctified. All right? Let's get this right here. Do not pledge your allegiance to a nation over Scripture. Because there's coming a time in this nation, well, we've had it since 1973, haven't we, where we have laws that are providing uh, death and, and killing of children. And, and yet we wave our flags and banners without protest. Something's wrong here, okay? I just have to put that out there uh, so that you will be aligned with the Word of God more than your patriotism. All right, so deal with that one. Winds of doctrines are coming, and these winds are coming no matter how good they sound or whatever. There is a torrent coming. There is a hurricane coming of doctrine that is going to captivate the world. It's going to unify governments. It's going to unify people around an ideology that seems right, that seems like we finally reached what we should have reached, what we should have come to. And a false doctrine is only uh, able to be achieved because it's based on a real truth. You can't have something false unless you've laid something down that's true. So then you bring the deception in over it by distorting what is true. Does this make sense to you? So there's got to be a people who aren't going to be persuaded by governments, by force, by ideologies, but will hold true to the word of God. And stay fast to this word. Or you will be tossed to and fro and you will be carried along into deceptive thinking. And so the church in its fivefold, let me ask you this now, do you, put your thinking cap on. What of, which one of the fivefold are we going to need to help us fight against winds of doctrines and ideologies? What's that? Prophets? All of them? Who else? Teachers? Okay. How about anybody else? Prophets, teachers? Possibly. You're all going to name all five of them, aren't you? You can't be wrong by just naming all five. <laughs> but I just want to focus in. Uh, don't forget the evangelist who's going to call out right and wrong. Amen? I was, <laughs> I was so proud. I was speaking uh, last Sunday at, a, at, a, at an event, and uh, one of our members was there, and something happened at the event that uh, someone, something went a little bit askew there. And uh, that person looked at me and said, Pastor, the evangelist in me is rising up. 
what should I do? <laughs> I was so proud of her. I said, this is your thing. Do your thing. And she did. But she recognized, right? And call it out. And so we need the prophets to call it out. We need the evangelists to draw the line. We need the teachers to instruct. Why is this incorrect? What is wrong with these doctrines? And so let's be careful with this, folks. You know how much damage is in the church now by false doctrine and, and preaching. And uh, see, this concept of can't we just all get along and let's all sing, you know, uh, around the cross. Well, if we're, uh, I can't join hands with false doctrine. You know what I mean? I can't, I, Jesus paid the price of a high price of his life for the pure word of God. So I, I can't go to that cross and, and sing with someone who's not a blood-bought believer. I, I can't join hands with a false doctrine just for the sake of unity. Can't do that. All right? And so this is what's going to create a problem for the church. But if we can't be the full stature of Jesus and call it out, you imagine Jesus walking in and calling out the Pharisees on all sorts of stuff. You know, he's calling out, these are the teachers. Remember what he said to Nicodemus, you being a teacher should know these things. He's calling them out. What a bold place to do it in the middle of, of the temple. And it's, if, if we're going to attain the full stature of Jesus, we're going to have to be in places and in situations where we're going to have to call it out. And so I don't want us to be tossed or carried along by the torrential uh, storm of ideologies that are coming to this planet, coming to this nation. Your allegiance needs to be to the Word of God and to be the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second one is this. Well, let me give you some examples. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, or other times said doctrines of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciousnesses whose consciences have been seared. Deceptive teaching coming into the church, coming into believers who are falling away. Why? Because they've devoted themselves to deceitful spirits and the doctrines of demons. Why did I put a child up there with such a horrible picture? Because if we're children of God and we're being so easily de deceived, but also, where's our protection for our children? If we're not giving our children proper instruction, I want you to know something. If you're not teaching your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and nephews the word of the Lord, the enemy is teaching him the doctrines of demons. There's no middle ground here, folks, especially nowadays. No middle ground. And it is invading our lives. And we have got to fight against doctrines of demons, the winds, the hurricanes of false doctrine that's coming in. All right? And, and so as a church, we need to understand doctrine. We need to understand the Word of God. And, and I, I've been giving my life to teaching you the doctrines of the Word of the Lord. I, I could give you feel-good messages. I could teach you how to be a better you. But I'll tell you, the better you is one who's obeying the, obeying the Word of God. That's the better you. Your healing's going to come from a knowledge of the Word of the Lord. 
So let's not be tossed. Let's grow up. Let's be full stature. So when an enemy tries to put his hand around our neck, we grab it. And what do we do with it? We put him under our feet. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the carnal nature or flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You see, this verse is based on ideologies and precepts. Ideas rule the world. Think about it. Concepts and thoughts are what run countries and run nations. They start wars. It's what's ruling this world. Concepts and ideas. And so we're the ones who have the truth of the Lord's word. And so any ideology or concept that is put before us or put before a people, it is our responsibilities as prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles to call it out and say, that's wrong. And I can tell you why. And we bring them captive to the Lord Jesus Christ and put them under our feet. Amen? Now, that's not going to be popular in these days because the ideology is going to be appealing and tickling, itching ears for everybody. And so we're going to have to call it out. But how are we going to do it? We're going to do it in the spirit and in the nature of Jesus because we're fully developed in the fivefold character of Christ. And so when the evangelist is just getting a little bit hard and edgy and off his rocker to where he's looking a little something, the apostle's going to come and put his arm around him and say, all right, let's consider our tactics. And teacher, you take over from here and start ministering and let's get the uh, pastor to handle some of the ruffled issues. It's the full function. Now, what's the second thing he said was going to impact us? He said not only is there going to be winds of doctrine but he also says human cunning when you look at the word cunning the word is uh actually applicable to dice playing in other words sleight of hand cheating you ever see the shell game yeah right you know it's the deceit and human cunning for human gain. Now, you probably aren't aware of that in the world at all. You don't see this. You don't see people ripping each other off and, you know, and you don't even see it in government, do you? Uh, I mean, where there's money, there's cheating, right? Where there's profit and gain, there's deception. And so there's a constant deception. The key here is the price that's being paid to deceive. What are people gaining? What does the enemy use? He traffics wares. What does he traffic? That trafficking is like trafficking drugs. Only he's not trafficking a drug. And he's not trafficking money, though he can use money. What is it that the enemy's trafficking? Lies. He was able to deceive one-third of the angelic host who stood in the presence of God. This guy's so good, he was able to deceive one-third of the angels who had vision and revelation and knowledge of God himself. What? So, human cunning are those people who are out to cause deception. And... One of the references that I have here this morning is that of Samuel 
It's a sad story. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. The sons of the preacher man. Samuel's sons. He didn't raise his sons well enough for them to understand the faith. Are we raising our children? Are we concerned about our children? If, if we're not concerned about our children, this church is going to close down with you. And it was the number one problem in the Old Testament. He kept saying, you need to have these feasts, you need to teach the festivals, you need to teach the Passover, you need to teach all these things so that your children's children will know what I did for them. And Samuel's son were turned around, turned aside for gain. And what they did, and you read it in other stories, what they did when people would come to serve the Lord, they would rip off people who were sincerely going after Jesus. I, I don't know what's worse, some guy who's a lost sinner who's bilking people for money, or a believer who knows the Lord God and is bilking people for money. Jesus said, it's worse for you that if you cause one of these little ones to stumble than to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and sank into the bottom of the ocean. So we've got to be careful of the deceitfulness that can affect any one of us. Come on, how many of you need more money? Does anybody like me uh, daydream about winning the lottery? No? No? What, am I the only guy? Does anybody, don't you sit around and think, what could you do with $100,000? I mean, this is a game I play. I love this. I'm happy with what I have, but I can still, dreams are free. Is there anybody else who drives down Lakeshore Drive and says, oh, wow. Oh, you people are all so spiritual. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, at least I admit it, so I'm not going to get stuck into to, to wanting to do it. I'm not going to steal or rob for it. I'm content with what I have, okay? But I, too, like to look at stuff and go, wow, that's awesome. So, I mean, we just have to be careful. I, I think of what Paul said. He had a close co-worker named Demas. And uh, if you'll remember, he says, uh, even Demas has left me uh, for the gain of the world. And uh, that's a sad story, that uh, he would lose one of his work partners who left Paul where he was for the sake of worldly gain. Right? So we've got to be careful with that. We can be aware that... uh, It would be great to have all sorts of other things, but never at the expense of wounding or hurting someone else and deceitful schemes. So the enemy is out to create a scheme against us, and the devil's greatest scheme would work against us so that we're tossed to and fro. And that's the third aspect he says, deceitful schemes. So we've got ideologies, thoughts, and concepts that are going to try to to destroy and toss the church out of the way. The second is going to be human deception that's going to try and speak against and work against the church. The third is deceitful schemes, and that word schemes, gemata, uh, is 
is the same word used for what the devil does when he's setting traps for us. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. That's an interesting portion of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 2.11, because the verses right before it talk about forgiving one another. And here's a scheme. He knows He knows that there's a scheme here that if we won't operate under the same grace that's been given to us, Paul says that's why a number of you are sick and ill and fall asleep. Because if we won't operate in grace, we'll put ourselves right back under law. And so we have to forgive as we have been forgiven. And he says that there are schemes that the enemy wants to outwit us. This is a potential. The enemy wants to outwit us. Can he? Yes. That's the warning. Don't let him outwit you. So that we would not be outwitted. And here's the situation. Because we're not ignorant of his schemes. That word designs means schemes. We're not ignorant. He doesn't have any new tricks. But yet we fall for them over and over and over and over. Because he outwits us in them. He sets traps for us that we continually fall in. And so, what are we going to need in the fivefold to outwit these schemes against us? What can you think? Who specifically in the fivefold would help us uh, not be deceived by the schemes, the plans of the enemy? Say it louder. Teachers? Apostles who can see the big picture? Prophets? Pastor? All right, we're back to the five again. But we need them. Again, we've, we've whittled down the full stature of Jesus into one or two, right, pastor-teacher. The pastor-teacher is trying to preach and help people not fall into deceitful schemes, help people not to fall into cunningness of man, and help people not to be uh, stuck in the, in the uh, uh, winds of doctrine. I mean, you can't do it. And, and it's not to be isolated to a building that we call church that we meet at twice a week or once or once a month right i mean i mean this is not the church you're the church and the church has a fivefold stature and we as the church represent apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers and so this is what we need to do This is what we must become in order to grow into the full stature. So what I'm asking you to do, so that you and I are not tossed around like little kids, we're not bullied by an enemy, we're fully aware of his schemes, we will not be outwitted by them, because we've got the help of the fivefold within each of us as a body. We're not going to be abused by the cunning tricks of man, working against the church and the work of God, and we're not going to be tossed to and fro or carried away from our program of what we're to be accomplishing because of the winds of an ideology that come and just blasts us. No, what we're going to do is I need you to identify your five-fold DNA that, that you're in gravitating towards. We did this last week. Some of you gravitate towards the apostolic, some of you prophetic, some of you evangelistic, some of you shepherding, some of you teaching. Know it, learn it, 
understand the way in which you are growing in Christ. It will change, it will grow and vary, but it's what it stirs in you. We've identified it, I've called it out in you, we've been praying for it, so that's great. But now what? I'll tell you what. Start identifying other people's. Now here's what would be the, the, the norm and here's what would be typical. I'm going to huddle with all the other pastors because I'm pastor, they're pastor. I stepped out of the light. There I am. So I'm going to hang with pastors because we can talk about pastor stuff. I don't want to hang out with pastors. <laughs> but anyways, that's what we'll typically do because we get along in the mindset. You know, the prophetic people hang out with prophetic people because you see things prophetically and other people don't. That's good. Hang out with your people. But here's the smart thing. Start identifying in your friendship groups and in your relationship groups the other four of the fivefold that you're not. So that in the group that you're hanging with, you're becoming a nucleus of the presence of Jesus. So that you know in your people group and, and gathering that Bob over there is apostolic. I need his help on this situation. But Sue is evangelistic, so I'm going to talk to her because I'm prophetic, and I'm going to weigh this out with them. And as you're hanging out and as you're going to lunch this afternoon, the fivefold stature of Jesus just walked into the restaurant. You could see the theme music coming, and the doors open up, and, and the wind blowing. The fivefold presence of Jesus just walked into this place. And you can't see it, but demons are just scrambling over the tables to get out of there. And God's going to send you a waitress that needs to hear a word. And God's going to have you sit next to another people that you happen to overhear. And they're talking about what they learned in church today. And you know it's false doctrine. And you just kind of whisper, hey, could I help you out for a second with something? And you're presenting the full stature. We're the full stature of Jesus. You're the full stature of Jesus. Identify at your workplace other people, other Christians, and start calling out. See, a lot of people, you talk about fivefold to a lot of Christians, and they're like, I don't know what that is. Is that gum? What are you talking about? So begin to educate the body of Christ. This is coming to where God is growing the stature of his people so that we will begin to work together and we will begin to be a unified team that is going to make this happen. Amen? That's what the A-P-E-S-T is all about. And we're doing this because a war is coming, brothers and sisters, that we must prepare for. And I close with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another. King James says, spur on one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day is drawing near. This is an end times verse. The day is drawing near. The day is drawing near. And so what is the advice of the writer of Hebrews? Get together. Get together. Bond together. Spur one another on. Is any, that's King James language, right? Stir, stir each other up. I like spur one another. I think of those spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle, right? What does a spur do? Oh, man, yeah. A horse knows what a spur is, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're my spur. You're the burr in my saddle. <laughs> See, you know what cracks me up is we all get so offended at church. 
we're offended at the church because people just irritate us and offend us. And you know what? I think they're supposed to. Because that just flushes out all your fleshlight. Why do you think you're sitting next to the person you're sitting next to? Just kidding. Okay? But let's deal with it. Let's stop being offended and maybe learn why we're sitting next to each other and what God's spurring us on to do. Let's continue to meet and let's begin to convocate. Let's begin to call together that fivefold so that when you're eating bagels together, you're finding out, you apostolic or you prophetic? Let's start talking about it. Let's start doing things together as a team of the fivefold. And let's go out there and bring the full stature of Christ because I'm not a little kid anymore. You can't mess with me, devil. And if you try, I'm putting you under my feet. Because me and my posse are coming, and we represent Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Father, we thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word that is calling your people together with power and might. We will present your gospel with maturity as the presence of Jesus in this day and hour. And I call it forth out of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship God.